Today, we are united as we discuss one of the most incredible artistic achievements in the history of comic books. Image United combined the talents of six of the most popular artists of an era, each of them drawing on every page, sometimes every panel, for over 60 consecutive pages. The most ambitious project attempted in the history of comic books. We talked the inspirations, the execution, and the obstacles along the way in pulling it all off. We do all of that on an exciting new episode of Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. Observations is the place where we talk all about the comic books and the pop culture that continues to shape our lives. And, and literally, with, with, with all of these giant productions, these comic book movies, streaming shows, animated series like Invincible, comic books has just taken the forefront in pop culture. And it is such a blast. It is so fun to watch uh, it, it, it grow into this uh, just uh, amazing machine that, 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 is, that is on the shelves at, 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 at the big box stores, it's at Target, it's at Walmart, it's, it's, it's on your Slurpee cups, it's, it's at the gas station, superheroes, comic books, they're everywhere. After, after really struggling to gain respectability in my youth, I am just dining out all the time on the fact that they have become uh, so, so beloved, so sought after, and, uh, and, and, and clearly so prominent. So, Every week on on Rob Observations, we 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 take a topic, we dissect it, and and today's topic, the one that that is very near and dear to my heart, and one that really came back to the forefront when uh, uh, someone on one of my live streams had requested that we share this comic book. They said, "Hey, do you have copies of this specific comic book?" And I and I said, "Look, I will bring copies of this comic book on the the very next show and, and share it." And when I went and got the comic and I examined it, I really was was much more impressed with it at any other time that I had been, and especially having not encountered it or interacted with it in many, many years. The comic that I am speaking of, the subject of our show today is Image United. If you've never hear, heard of Image United, if you don't have any idea what I'm about to share with you, you will, by the end of this show, want to seek it out, want to, want to, want to interact with it. It is, as we, as we need to inform you uh, at the top, it is an unfinished work. It is an unfinished work. But today, I really fall down on the side of what an incredibly impressive piece of work it is, given that all the moving parts that we're used to, to put it together. Image Comics was launched. Wow, Image Comics was launched 31 years ago. It, 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 the number is incredible because I, I can still remember being so young, so excited. Uh, and as the guy who was first out the gate, the as you've heard me talk, the the kid who was uh, for, for all intents and purposes the, the guinea pig. You know, I had uh, made my name drawing, uh, writing New Mutants, X Force. And it blew up and and became a bestseller, a million selling book. It was number one on the charts, and most people thought I had found my niche, just like Jim Lee had found his niche, just like Todd McFarlane had found his niche. We'd be doing these books for the rest of our lives, except it's it's not. That's 
It's not always how it works. And it certainly wasn't uh, in this case. We had uh, giant ambitions and wanted to, to, to strike out on our own and create a label where we could uh, write, create, uh, publish, produce our own concepts, characters, and you know, invited other people along to join the party. Turns out there was ultimately seven of us that took that leap. And those seven are uh, myself, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, Jim Valentino, Eric Larson, and Wills Portacio in no particular order. We, we just all uh, bonded with this idea that we would go out and do this. There was no real financial component uh, that, that was part of this leap. People in, 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 in the years since, I've seen people increasingly criticize and use it that like we were breaking off in regards to some manner of, of, of greed. And I can assure you that is, that is the absolute furthest from the truth. We were making tremendous money and getting giant paychecks from Marvel. We wanted to strike out to, to control uh, more of what we created. Case in point, and this was brought up on a show that I did. It, there's a very uh, popular show, Cartoonist Kayfabe with Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg. And, I, and, and it was interesting. There's a recent episode that I did with them that, that, that we had New Mutants 87 and we were dissecting it. And Ed Piscor pointed out and Jim Rugg both pointed out to me that some of the characters that were in New Mutants 87 were in fact part of my Youngblood team when it was being advertised as being published by an independent publisher named Megaton Comics. Megaton Comics, by the way, has a giant compilation coming out from Image Comics later this summer. Uh, it really was that they're a Midwestern uh, comic book publisher helmed by a man named Gary Carlson. With a, He had his own superhero universe. We were all lucky and fortunate to get our breaks and interact with it. And I had talked him into uh, publishing a concept of mine called Youngblood. I had done several different covers. I had done several different pages. They are the pages that got me jobs, the job in mainstream Marvel and DC, those, those Youngblood pages that didn't, didn't ultimately get published by Megaton. But we advertised it with three different uh, advertising, uh, you know, promotional ads uh, with the team. And you could see that some of the characters on that team were flying through the pages of New Mutants 87 as I opted to make some of them villains for the Mutant Liberation Front. And the interesting thing that was, that, that was pointed out is that those characters were mine. I created them. I named them. They had the same names, the same powers, the same look, the same identity. They were mine. I was the full creator of those characters. And rightfully so, because I, I birthed them. I imagined them into the space. I, you know, they, they don't exist without me. But the minute they cross over into a Marvel publication, they're a shared creation with someone else who then gets a co-creator status. More than anything, that drove the opinion of many of us to leave and go, well, if I'm doing the same amount of work and having to share creations with people who did not create, then why don't we just have it under our own label? And it's, it's very ironic and very interesting that in the same conditions, had it been Youngwood or Prophet or Brigade or Bloodstrike, my earliest books at Image Comics, had those been under the Marvel condition, the scripter and or you know, fill in the blank would be allotted a co-creator status, which is not truly reflective of the work that was done. So that is what drove Image first foremost, especially for me. There was never an anti-Marvel agenda. Marvel had given us 
wonderful opportunities. Uh, they, they, they had opened so many doors, but some of the policies led to believe, and it wasn't just us, it was the guys before us as well, the Frank Millers, the Howard Chakins, uh, guys who had, had figured out, well, maybe I can have 100% of this instead of having it parceled and carved up. And, and again, in some cases, if you didn't come uh, into the comic book business before a, per, uh, uh, before a, a, a specific time, like 1981, when the creator uh, royalties incentive was introduced by, by, by the executives and Jim Shooter at Marvel, if you did not you know, do that prior to that, some of these characters like Wolverine, there is no shared component. I, I believe on Elektra, they, there is perhaps not a shared component. I'm not certain on that, but it's, that, that is something that, that, has been, that has been considered that that is one of those in the gray area. But for sure, you know, some of the creators of Wolverine and Ghost Rider, and they, they, they did this prior to these shared uh, policies, these, these, these creator incentives, character royalties. And so they d- did not receive that same sort of benefit. So I, I figured as a kid, that was a good situation for me, even though I believed it was compromised, that, that going f- forward, the characters that I create under the exact same conditions should be upon which I create them, imagine them, name them, give them powers, put them on the page, and then tell someone, here, this is what I need done in the dialogue stage. Suddenly, under the same conditions, I am still retaining 100% of the creator ownership of that character rather than the situation that I just put forth to you, which then it gets parceled. And again, we knew the rules going in, we accepted them, but we believed that we could do something better for us, for us personally. So we did. It was, it was never, oh man, I'm going to make a certain amount of money. It is on record in other um, image um, comics podcasts that I've done. So any of the image pom- image comics podcasts, especially the anniversary ones, especially maybe the ones around about 1992, the 30th anniversary of, of image comics. I did a couple of them last year. Those cover a lot more ground uh, on this topic. So I, I encourage you to seek those out, listen to those, um, get, get a more rounded uh, rendition of this. Again, I was the first and only book an image for three months. I was the only comic solicited. And for three months after that, I was the only book that came out because I was the young unmarried had no, no, no kids. Um, I, I was the only one who was not in a relationship or did not have, uh, uh, babies, children, which I understand. And as I got older and became a father, I really understood the hesitation, but I was the young, uh, they called me the Bronco. They called me the, 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 the bull. And I just said, I'll do it. I'll go first. I'll, 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 I'll be the guy that puts it out there and shows you that you can, in fact, build an audience on your own, which we all did. And so then Image is launched in 1992 and it goes in all different directions and manners. And I leave in 96, Jim Lee leaves in 98. Uh, the, 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 the partners are, are down to you know a, a reduced number. It's Mark, it's Jim, it's Eric, it's Todd. Uh, eventually, Robert Kirkman and Eric Stevenson uh, earned, absolutely earned their spot as partners in image and expanded, expanded the, the board of, 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 uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The board of partners, uh, once again, but for years we did not see or interact with any, with, with each other. Uh, the convention circuit of the late nineties and two thousands was nothing like the convention circuit is today. The convention circuit of four to five shows literally every single weekend. Uh, at least two big shows every single weekend. And, and, and that just didn't exist. So there was not an, an opportunity to bump into each other at different appearances 
and, 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 and see each other. We were many of us sequestered, and I've covered this many times on some of the 90s themed episodes of Rob Observations. I've covered how right around 1997, 98, we all kind of burned out. We had been really going strong since 87, 88. So after that 10 years, I, 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 I've equated it to a band who burned out, a band that, that just, we played way too many arenas, uh, sold out too many stadiums. Uh, we sang those songs again and again and again, and eventually we just retired. It's why bands suddenly stop touring. They go off the road. They don't produce new material for years. It was kind of like that with us. So, so Image United was a huge kind of rallying point when it happened. And if you're like, well, tell us what Image United is. And, and, and we have reached that portion of the show. It was in Arizona, 2008, Atomic Comics that Image United was born. A, a comic book owner by the name of Mike Malvey and his Atomic Comics chain, which was all the rage, all the rage in Arizona. Everybody, uh, I mean, Atomic Comics and uh, Arizona was synonymous in the late 80s. I'm sorry, in the late 90s and especially the early 2000s as Mike grew his chain of stores throughout the region. We all knew Mike. We would see Mike at, at, at different functions and, and at some of the different conventions especially San Diego, especially Chicago. He had all of our contact information. He started reaching out, planting the seeds that we would return uh, together, all together, all of us, uh, for, for one signing at his store. We had gathered together at a panel in 2007 at Comic-Con to celebrate our 15th year anniversary. And that was really fun. And it was great being on stage with all the guys for the first time in 15 years. And, and Jim Lee was back. I was back. We were all gathered together in, in the San Diego, uh, the big panel room. And it was really fun. And the, the, uh, the fans seemed to dig it. And the energy was there. And that is when the seeds started getting planted. And Mike's like, well, what if I got all of you for a store signing? So we all agreed to show up on New Comic Book Day in 2008 in Atomic Comics and have a first ever reunification of the Image Partners at a comic store signing. And I got I to gotta be honest, it felt like the first time in, in a very, very long time. I mean, at, at, at the very least, a decade had passed, possibly more. And so we gathered uh, for that signing. Mike flew us all in the night before. And many of us brought our wives, our, our, uh, our, our loved ones with us. And we were all put up at the same exact hotel, except obviously for Todd McFarlane, who lived there. He lived near you know 20 minutes outside where we were doing the signing and we were all going to go and we all did go to 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 the mcfarlands for dinner that night everyone except for for jim lee and if you read this uh i just i'm a stickler you know for the facts here and when i'm reading what eric stevenson wrote at the end of image united number one and again i haven't told you what image united number one yet but you have to assume it's a comic book in the back of image united number one Eric Stevenson writes and says, the night before the signing, Todd and Wanda McFarlane had the entire image crew over to their house for dinner. And it was the first time all seven image founders had sat down together and talked in well over a decade. So here's the only absolutely erroneous thing in this. Jim Lee was not at that dinner. Jim Lee did not fly in until the morning of the signing that, that Saturday. Uh, there are, there's photographic evidence of, of this dinner and, and there is no Jim Lee uh, uh, in attendance. And uh, so, so, so 
So, you know, just for, for, for the absolute historical details, this has that one error in it. It was uh, Valentino, uh, Larson, myself, Silvestri, Wills, Todd, but just no, uh, no Jim Lee. And uh, it said, by all accounts, a splendid time was had, a genuine sense of camaraderie coursing throughout the room. Everyone left energized about the signing, optimistic about the future. The wheels had started turning. So we are all gathered in this one place, and there is a certain amount of energy that comes from that. And what we had done had been so tremendous. What we had done had truly moved the needle in a, in a significant way in, in, in regards to starting Image Comics and all of the studios and all of the characters that, that, that were launched. Uh, you, the people I am talking to now, many of you came to those signings, whether it was in gold, at, at the Golden Apple, uh, you know, up in Los Angeles on Melrose, where, where there was thousands of people gathered, news helicopters, police. Uh, that, that 1992 Youngblood signing, I've talked to it uh, uh, many times. It was chaotic, especially given the location, spring, April, you know, 1992. Uh, the signings that followed had, by, by, by Todd McFarlane and then Jim Lee, had equal, you know, excitement and, and gathering and people and, and, and chaos. And then we went to the conventions and the lines were insane. And at one point, uh, giving out posters meant people rushing our tables and tables being pushed back, the, the literal booths being physically moved three to four feet and people buckling on the other side of those, on, on, the, on the staff talent side of those tables, inside those booths, falling backwards. It was uh, the excitement, the fever. Uh, it was like the comic book version of Beatlemania, and, and which is, again, a reason why it burned out as, as fast and furious as it did. I myself went from a uh, young 20 something 23 something uh talent who created comic books in a studio with one assistant to a, a guy who had a business of 64 people on site every single day jim lee expanded his operations in the same way 50 60 people uh top cow broke off from jim and they had a 20 plus person operation todd created a toy company eric larson uh created a label, but branded all of it out of his own studio, which is kind of more reflective of what ha has happened now in the digital age. Uh, Jim Val Valentino created his own label and ran it out of his own office and studio in, in the same manner that Eric did. But we expanded um, our creativity and had to create operations to contain the expanded creativity. And it, it did. It, take it, it took its toll. Um, I never felt, it, felt like it took its toll on my, uh, my enthusiasm. But it, it, it just ultimately, you know, the energy that you expend does take its toll. And we had semi-retired in the late 90s. Mark was no longer drawing. Jim was no longer drawing. I was no longer drawing. Todd was no longer drawing. Um, Eric really was the only guy that continued to journey on and, 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 and stay committed and, and deserves accommodations um, and, and accolades for that. To this day, uh, the success, again, of Savage Dragon a book that he writes, pencils and ink is inks is is nothing short of phenomenal. There is nothing else like it in my lifetime in comic books, um, or anyone else's. He is the longest. Uh, you can you can show me books that and even independent books that have been published longer, slightly longer, but they are not written, drawn, inked, uh, published by the same individual, and that is uh, ultimately going to be the great achievement of Eric Larson's career, and he deserves it. And 
while I'm on the subject of Eric Larson, it was the next morning at the hotel room. I went down to grab some coffee and in the kind of, the, it wasn't the main lobby, but there's a, there's a couch area, sofa chairs, and Eric was there doodling. And I plopped down next to him. I've always been extremely fond of Eric, especially his, his imagination and his enthusiasm. And we hadn't hung in a very long time. And I sat down and we were scribbling and we were doodling. And he brought up this notion. This is 100% Eric's idea. Now, something like this I'd seen done once before. And it's been done on covers and maybe on a very short, smaller scale. But it had never been conceived in this manner. Eric thought, wouldn't it be great if we did a comic book where each of us drew uh, our own character side by side, panel to panel, page to page, which meant in the adventures, extreme characters, whether it was Youngblood or Brigade or Bloodstrike, would be drawn by myself. Eric Larson, uh, Savage Dragon would be drawn by Eric, especially if they're sharing a panel, sharing a page. Well, then my extreme character that I draw is, is, is standing shoulder to shoulder with Eric and uh, Eric Savage Dragon. And then you want to add Cyberforce in, then that member of Cyberforce is drawn by Mark Silvestri. So then they walk through the door and they're talking to Spawn and Spawn is drawn by Todd McFarlane. And it's not just for one panel, it's for what I understood as a special. I thought it was fantastic. I loved the idea of, of biting off this significant a challenge. And you have to understand Given that parameter, you need a master layout artist, uh, page designer, who then sets up the storytelling and the pages go in a round robin fashion and get passed to each individual artist to contribute their part on the page. This had been done, and I had seen this done. And man, I, I hope I hope I nailed this. I believe it was Action Comics six hundred was the thing that immediately leapt to my mind when two of the generations. Uh, most celebrated and 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 favorite uh, favorite uh, creators, John Byrne and George Perez, and I've done a dedicated. If you go back to the very first season of Raw Observations, you go down to the very bottom. It's called the rivalry that shaped an era. Will tell you what a significant contribution they were. Like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, they were like the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac. They defined an era. John Byrne. Uh, they were like Nirvana and Pearl Jam. They they were absolutely uh, the, the the two guys that defined an era. So yes, I am correct. Action Comics six hundred found these two fan favorites drawing one extended story in a double sized issue. That uh, from what I understand, John Byrne laid out the whole story, leaving gestures, figure gestures, figure spots for George Perez to pencil and ink Wonder Woman into those panels because George was the writer artist of the Wonder Woman title at the time. John was doing Superman. John would pencil Superman, the villains, the environment, the adventure, and George would ink the whole thing. So John Byrne is drawing Superman and they battle on Apocalypse and he's drawing Darkseid who had been in many of the Superman issues prior to that, Jack Kirby's amazing Darkseid character. And then Wonder Woman joins the fray and is in the battle John Byrne did not do, did not draw Wonder Woman at any point. He did simple, like basically skeleton structures or a stick figure gesture upon which receiving the page, George Perez would then pencil all the Wonder Woman's in, and then George would combine all of it by inking John's pencils and penciling and inking the Wonder Woman. It was very cool. It was um, momentous to those of us 
who, who received that book, I believe, in 1987. And so we wanted to replicate this, except much more difficult, a much higher bar. Because now you're asking uh, Eric Larson, Jim Lee, uh, Jim Valentino, Rob Liefeld, Mark Silvestri, and Todd McFarlane to share uh, an, uh, any, on, on any given page multiple different panels. That is an incredible round robin. Well, Jim Lee informed us immediately he couldn't be a part of it. His duties at DC would preclude him from being involved, but he would contribute some covers. And his cover, his cover, his variant cover to Image United number one is one of the most badass Jim Lee illustrations I have ever seen. Uh, it, it is um, mainly on the on the villain of the piece, Omega Spawn, who is standing over all the fallen Image characters. It, it in pencil, in ink. It was striking. It was stunning. It is still to this day an amazing piece of artwork. We are fortunate Jim was able to contribute in that manner. The rest of it felt fell to the six of us to make all the nuts and bolts work, but. At this point in the lobby, just between Eric and I, Jer- Eric is, you know, playing with this idea and I am all for it. It is 100% Eric's idea, his initiative, his concept. But he found a quick co-cheerleader in myself as the others emptied from the elevator down into the area that we would eventually be going to start the signing in the afternoon at Atomic Comics. Valentino joined, Mark, Sil- Mark Silvestri joined. So now the four of us are together. Wills Protasio joins the five of us and Eric pitches it out to the crew. Everyone thinks, hey, this is kind of cool. This is, that'd be fun. But there was no hardcore commitment to it at at the time. But I believed, look, this is something that could work. And I think Eric, I know Eric standing there surveying Valentino, who was uh, certainly capable of contributing because, you know, he hadn't been drawing in a long time. And Jim was not someone who anyone would be concerned in, in terms of holding the project up because he was a fast penciler, okay? And, and he could contribute immediately. So it looked like he was on board. Mark wasn't a no, and wasn't a no is, is a positive. He was, I think that'd be fun. And then Wills was kind of like, this would be cool. So now all we have to do is talk to Todd and Jim about it, which we would do later at the signing, which, which turned into later after the signing because the signing was an overwhelming, gigantic, massive, incredibly impressive success. Uh, I, think, I think we all wondered, does anyone still care about the work that we had done because we were in a decidedly different world? Uh, this was, just to give you a basis, this was the second weekend uh, of Iron Man's release in theaters. Iron Man had come out and uh, the week before and had you know blown up and everybody was going crazy for the entry, the first entry into the MCU. And it was crushing everything in its past path at the box office. Uh, there had been obviously a ton of X-Men movies, Spider-Man movies. The cinematic age of superheroes had really uh, caught fire with the fans. And Marvel was in pole position as they mostly always are in the, in the, in the comic book publishing world. And uh, DC was still trying to f- kind of figure out where their dominance would come from. But Image, none of us had really done anything fairly consistent. Uh, Todd was continuing to publish Spawn. Eric Larson was the sole member of our, you know, our, our, our circle that had continued to produce a comic on a regular basis. Jim, was, Jim Valentino, semi-retirement. Mark Silvestri in between projects. I was drawing uh, the Deadpool core uh, for, for, uh, for Marvel Comics. Uh, it was it was getting ready to come out in the following year. And so I was juggling all manner of different projects at Marvel, uh, 
and had been and been doing all sorts of projects uh, in the early 2000s. Onslaught Reborn was something I had just completed, which had seen a delay due to Jeff Loeb's health problems because he couldn't write the issues for several months on end. And so the actual end of that book was delayed a bit. And, and then I was doing uh, fill-in, again, fill-in Deadpool comic books that they would call up and ask me to do and preparing to do the Deadpool core. And, and, and shortly after that, skyrocketing into, uh, for the very, very first time in my career ever, doing month, two monthly books. I did The Infinite uh, with, with Robert Kirkman at, at, at uh, Image Comics and Hawk and Dove. Uh, they came out the same month, every month, two Rob Liefeld books a month, something I had never achieved uh, in my youth, uh, starting uh, in, in, in about a year from this signing. So we are gathering at this signing and we are not prepared for the, uh, and as far as Wills, I, I, I think Wills was in between assignments uh, at either Marvel or, or DC at the time. So that, that covers kind of where everybody was at. And of course, Jim, who was always a long shot, was not going to be a part because of, as I just mentioned, his, his uh, duties at DC Comics. So we go to the signing and there's a thousand people outside. And the bummer about this, thank God they were in the shade, but it was a really hot Arizona day in May. I mean, obviously Arizona can really get up there. It's the desert. Uh, you know this when you go there for anything or when you go there to live, but these people um, were, were in line. And, and I'm going to tell you at the end of the signing around six o'clock PM that day, 7 PM, it went really long, seven, seven hours easy with all of us signing, all of us, uh, you know, being, being part of this. People who came in in the last two hours were severely sunburned. Their faces were scorched, whether they knew to put sunblock on or they knew that they were standing in the sun. So you saw the actual passage of time on their bodies, their very, very burned uh, shoulders as they, as they were in tank tops or their, their legs in shorts. I mean, it was like, we, we have been here a day and some of these people actually got fried waiting for us. And I don't say that with any glee. It was just, uh, and some of them just didn't care. They laughed it off like, yeah, I'm sunburned. But it was like, there was a long wait. And we generally uh, can go pretty quick as a unit and always have going back to the early 90s. But afterwards, there was an after party at the restaurant at the hotel. And so conversations continued concerning Image United. And again, at that point, Eric was really compelling everybody, Eric Larson, and, and, uh, and winning everybody over to, to this cause to give this a book, this very complicated book. So he had called Eric Stevenson in between going to the store and uh, in between the hotel and going to the store and, and told him that he had this crazy idea. And Eric Stevenson's recollection of it, he commits to you in the back of Image United number one. And it says... Uh, the next day, <clears throat> in the lead up to the actual signing, Eric Larson called with an idea that he wanted to run past me. This is Eric Stevenson, who is now the publisher and a partner in Image Comics, uh, writing this. What if we did an image crossover featuring all the image characters? Spawn, Savage Dragon, Youngblood, Shadowhawk, Cyberforce, Witchblade, you name it. And instead of getting one person to draw it, all the various characters would be drawn by their individual creators. Eric Stevenson says, I'm not going to lie, it sounded crazy. What's more, it sounded like a crazy amount of work just from a, logis a logistical standpoint. It seemed absolutely insane. One artist would have to lay everything out, then the pages we ha would have to be scattered to the four winds, honestly, let's call it the six winds, 
as everybody made their contributions to the finished art. Just thinking about all the packages going back and forth, it sounded like something out of a FedEx advertisement. <clears throat> and uh, and he said uh, he said that uh, Eric Stevenson writes, it didn't take long for me to be convinced. As Eric was rattling off the pros and the cons of such an ambitious project, I was immediately transported back to conversations that I had with Jim Valentino and how excited I was by the prospect of an entire universe of creator-owned characters interacting. It was an idea that despite a number of guest appearances in various comics and a handful of image crossovers by several fine writers and artists had never quite reached its full potential. To actually bind the image universe together as originally intended with the direct involvement of nearly all the founders seemed like an admirable goal. And logical uh, and logistical concerns, notwithstanding, it sounded like a ton of fun. So here's the deal. Uh, in, in the next episode, in the next uh, editorial, he would write about how Robert Kirkman was uh, approached. And Robert Kirkman, who we all knew because Robert Kirkman was a teenager when Image Comics were coming out. And let me tell you something. Robert is an avid, uh, you know, super knowledgeable fan of all of the first several years of Image Comics because he was that kid making sure he was at that store every Wednesday, every Friday, whenever the Image Comics were being launched in order to have them in his hands to consume them, to learn about the characters. We had source books. These, these guys committed all of this stuff to memory in the same way that the most rabid Marvel fans do, in the same way that I recount to you all of my love of the X-Men and those adventures that formed me in my uh, you know 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s, 14s. Robert Kirkman is that image encyclopedia to all of us on top of being, you know, the most accomplished writer, the most influential writer of his generation, of his age. He was more than happy to say, I will formulate the story, give you the plot, give you the pitch and make this all work and get this uh, to a place where we can get to the layouts. We can get to the layout stage, to the design stage and start getting these pages out. So by fall of that year, summer would pass. Uh, and, and, and by fall of that year, we were cranking, we were going, um, I asked to be the guy who laid out the first issue and here's the deal. I hadn't looked at this first issue in a very, very long time. I have these layouts and I just remember reading Robert's script and being so excited, especially by the opening, which, which finds our heroes all falling, uh, in, in an opening, uh, four page sequence, uh, in an opening five page sequence finds them falling at the hands of, of, of a mysterious oppressor. And at the end of, on, on, on page five, we are introducing a brand new character. The one thing that Wills made very clear to all of us is he wanted to use Image United as a platform to launch his new character. And so uh, this, was, uh, this, was, this was a really, really cool idea. Fortress who was Wilson's brand new character was going to launch out of the pages as and is indeed very much included in all of the published issues of Image United. But this opening five-page scene where they are all falling to their oppressor and then you segue into overt kill uh, being unleashed on the streets, uh, I knew that we needed to to show how fast it could be done uh, as 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 quickly as we possibly could. And so I took a four-page chunk of the, the script that found Youngblood and Savage Dragon interacting and only Youngblood and Dragon. So those art tours really only fell to myself and Eric. And I laid those out the absolute quickest. And I was quick to get on my own 
pages, pencil and ink, the Youngblood characters. And as I'm looking at it right now, I believe this is page seven. The Youngblood characters are falling from a helicopter. Savage Dragon is looking at them as he gets out of his car. He then uh, converses with them before they leap into battle. Savage Dragon leading the Youngblood characters. I sent those to Eric. Eric immediately turned it around. We got the, the, the pages colored. So you could see when we would go to promote this, that the guys who are the most amped about it, the most juiced, and the guy that originated the concept in Eric Larson, like that everyone could see exactly how this was going to work. So the first pages done of this book are pages six, seven, and eight. These three pages, excuse me, not four, three pages. And so once seeing this, I got to tell you, the artist in me, it looked cool. I mean, the last panel of, um, of, of let's see, six, seven, is it six, seven, eight, nine? Sorry. Six, seven, eight, nine. So seven, eight, nine are the pages in the books. The last panel in page nine with Savage Dragon at center leading the Youngblood squad is a phenomenal shot. And above Dragon in the foreground with Bad Rock talking to him in the background is just, um, it's just a tremendous kick. It, it is so cool seeing this because it is like Rob and Eric are talking except we're talking through our artwork. We're talking through the way that we express ourselves. And none of us truly do have styles that are all that similar. And you can see it play out on the page. The way that we approach figure work, rendering, faces are all very distinct and very different. We got these pages out to the press so that they could get a grasp of it. We had done the cover where each of us uh, connected. Eric did layouts to all of the covers for all of the issues. And those got passed around as well. And we all started filling in our different characters. Now, I was um, tapped because I had had a great uh, experience inking Jim Valentino in the past. I was tapped because Jim didn't ink his own work to be the inker over Jim Valentino's pencils. And so whenever you see Jim's work in Image United, uh, with, on, with the exception of maybe one or two occasions, I am the guy inking the Shadowhawks and the supporting cast of Shadowhawk. Uh, so, so it's, 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 I mean, I, as I'm, as I'm looking at this, as I'm looking at image United, number one, I am looking at an, an, an amazing feat because again, so the layouts and, and, and to me, the most important thing and Eric, I'm, I'm sorry, Robert Kirkman established such a fun first page with every, all the image characters coming out at us and shaft again is down, uh, lowest center leading the charge. Dragon is to his right. Witchblade is to his left. In between them is Wolf's new character, Fortress. Ripclaw is leaping up in the air. Top, top right. Spawn is highest up, furthest up at the right. Ba ba uh, Badrock is in the background, uh, really lording over the entire top of the page. And to the high left, uh, above which played is Shadowhawk. Now, Todd McFarlane inked that specific Shadowhawk. Uh, but seeing this in all of its color, in all of its glory, in all of its force, and I knew, like, come on, I am laying out, and we are participating together as some of the most influential, impactful artists of our generation. And that is full stop. You may not like any one of our individual work. You may not like my work. You may not like someone else's work. There is no denying the impact, the popularity of our sales, uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, the amount of copies that we connected with and sold and moved uh, of a generation, we are a certain class. And getting us together on every page, every panel, is, is nothing short of phenomenal. Especially the fact that we all committed to it 
and stuck to it. And in the email chains working up to the issue, we worked out the kinks. You know, Wills had his fortress part. I would lay out the first issue. Um, just seeing all these characters together, it is, it is the full embodiment of what we intended in 1992. Here we are. Not only are the characters together, but it's not just drawn by Mark or Eric. Again, each of us is representing our character. When I see Witchblade and nobody draws, nobody draws beautiful women like Mark Silvestri, and she is among the most beautiful that she has ever been depicted is Witchblade on this, on this splash page. And then Ripclaw with that incredible Mark Silvestri, you know, ferocity, uh, Eric's dragon with the way he would foreshorten and put that fist right in the in the center as he is kind of leading the charge behind shaft i just see all of the different uh strokes ink, ink lines brush lines the way each each uh each figure had to uh, especially as they're stacked one on top of the other so you've got a depth of field a foreground a middle ground a background each each of the line work todd did the ultimate pass polish on this splash page as he came in last he did spawn last. He inked the um, the the Shadowhawk and he inked the Badrock on this splash page. I did not ink Badrock. I I penciled Badrock. I penciled and inked Shaft because he was the first and foremost knight to anchor him. But then we get going and page two and three, page four and five, as all the characters are being attacked, um, <clears throat> we went big. We went bold, exactly as you would hope we would go in a story like this. And throughout, again, as, as a layout guy, as I know I'm getting to where Todd will first be most showcased on page six with Overkill, I drew a big, giant, bold Overkill figure, just hoping that like Todd would, 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 would come on board and embrace it and make it uniquely his own, which he did. This is, there, there's a giant Wills Protasio uh, fortress face on the panel adjacent to this giant Overkill and Todd just killed it. He just absolutely killed it. There's an inset panel with Youngblood flying in, uh, which I penciled and inked. And then again, a, a face at the bottom of Fortress Screaming, which is Wills. So on this page, you get Wills, Todd, Rob, um, but on, on across four different panels. Again, then we segue into the Dragon and the Youngblood pages on, on 7, 8, and 9. And then I remember very distinctly when in the script, Robert, uh, we segue entirely to Mark. And again, part of what makes this work is if all 22, 24 pages are being passed around, it just slows things down. Everybody kind of needs a page or two to just themselves. So the next page is completely 100% Mark Silvestri as he introduces you to his semi new look uh, Cyberforce. And I looked, I remember when I was doing the gestures going, I am doing gesture work for someone as accomplished and amazing as Mark Silvestri. And again, remember guys, when you listen to Rob's observations or you listen to these times, I am by far the youngest. Um, there is at least 10 years or more between myself and Mark Silvestri and Jim Valentino. There's about eight years between me and Todd, five years between me and Jim, about six, seven years between me and Eric Larson, and, and again, 12, 13 uh, years between myself and Jim Valentino. So I am literally the youngest. So I will always look up to these guys with great admiration and great respect. And so this, so I'm doing this page that is all Cyberforce, laying them out, trying to adhere to exactly what Robert needs in the story, but giving, you know, Mark fans what they're going to want, which is the way that Cyberforce is positioned and presented in this original introduction of them in, in Image United. The, the, not an original introduction, but the apps, a, actual debut of Cyberforce in the pages of Image United. 
And uh, man, it was just such a delight and a blast to see Mark pencil and ink and render and turn these pages in. The following page, you know, Mark's villain is battling two Eric Larson villains. So you got Mark's villain center stage popping, you know, these two different Eric Larson uh, villains. And, and, and then Cyberforce is storming in, jumping down from above. And again, when you do layouts and you do page design for people who you admire so tremendously, and then seeing it all come together, it, it, it is such a blast. And there's a, a double pager here. I think it's either page 10, 11, or page 11, 12. An overt kill is being punched by an Eric Larson Savage Dragon. Uh, Bad Rock is charging him from behind. Overt kill is the center figure, uh, and that is penciled and rendered and inked by Todd. I've got Die Hard kind of hanging off of Overt Kill's right arm, and below him, Shatter, Sh- uh, Shaft is firing arrows. So you've got Todd, Rob, and Eric all blasting on this same three-quarter double-page splash. Then you've got Wolf's Portacio has done two insets of Fortress on the side. And here's the thing. As I can continue to go down and, and, and dictate all of the different action, uh, as now Wills joins joins uh, the fray with, with Youngblood and Fortress and Savage Dragon battling Overt Kill, as that occurs, and we continue to follow through and Shadowhawk gets summoned, you just, you're getting more and more art, more and more artists uh, adding to each and every page. And, and then uh, at the, in, in, the final, in the final pages, uh, you know, again, Shadowhawk joins with the Youngblood team. And it's so cool having, you know, giant Shadowhawk figures walking in each and every panel. One, two, three, four, five. Shadowhawk is in every single panel on this later page in the book. And with Cougar and Troll from Youngblood um, uh, moving uh, in front of and around him. And so Jim penciled those Shadowhawk, Shadowhawks. I was able to ink and, 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 uh, and put it together. Uh, Todd gets a solo page, the introduction of Omega Spawn. Eric gets a solo page with Shadowhawk. And the last page is me and Wills jamming as Shaft goes to visit Fortress in a cell. So we all managed to pull it off. The color work is fantabulous. It is by Nikos uh, Kutsis. And, and, and it is some of the, his best work that he's ever done. He, he has long co- colored all of Eric Larson's stuff. And, and the work that he does is, is fantastic. It is poppy. It, he, he makes so many different colors uh, work together on the page. But Image United, I cannot imagine how excited fans were because I was so excited as, as just someone who was a, a founder of Image Comics and, and a co-conspirator in this and having done the layouts for the first issue and seeing everybody work over the layouts and these characters all standing around. And again, there's this extended overt kill battle where, I mean, at any given time, you've got Mark and Wills and Eric and Rob and Todd jamming on the same page and later Valentino's character is introduced. Well, as we segue to issue two, Image United issue two, Eric Larson takes over the layout source and it was just as exciting to get layouts from someone else as to create them from, for up from, uh, as it was to create them for others. And it, it isn't long before by page three, there's three of us jamming Todd, Eric, and myself are jamming with uh, Al Simmons, Eric Larson's nurse character, the Youngblood characters in the hospital. Mark Silvestri villains attack uh, the hospital. You've got uh, Wills and, and Wills drawing Fortress and Shaft as they interact. Um, you've then got the Youngblood members and Shadowhawk uh, uh, battling one of one of, uh, <clears throat> one of my villains. Uh, again, just fast-paced, uh, relentless action. Witchblade jumping in. So now you've got Witchblade. And Rob Liefeld 
I mean, I'm sure you've got Mark Sylvester and Rob Liefeld. You've got Eric Larson, Valentino are all um, crowding the pages. Uh, I, I, as I flip through these, I just, they're phenomenal. They are phenomenal, uh, you know, achievements in art and coordination. And then there's especially this really cool sequence that Eric Larson did where, with a series of vertical panels that um, in, in one vertical panel, it's it's Bloodstrike and, and Todd McFarlane's character and Jim Valentino's character. And and it's uh, it's Eric Larson and Mark Silvestri's darkness battling a Rob Liefeld bad guy and an Eric Larson uh, uh, character battling a Valentino bad guy and Supreme, a Rob Liefeld character coming in and battling an Eric Larson villain. And it goes on like this for a couple pages until we get to the culmination of the second issue of which so many of the villains are gathered. And as uh, myself and Mark and Todd and Eric combine on this last page where the villains have now united to battle against the heroes, which is where we kick into issue three. And rather than go through each and every panel and each and every page, here's what happened to me when I was going through this is I've, I, I can't convey enough to you the excitement producing this. And we got into about 60 pages, three issues worth of material of, of Image United and, and it slowed and it didn't complete. And as I was informed by two of the Image partners at the time that a couple of the Image partners were no longer as engaged or tired and, it, and had informed that they really wanted to jump off and not be part of it anymore. And, you know, I saw some people in the press immediately try to, again, because I, you know, we all have people in the press who like and who oppose us. And I wasn't having any of it. People were trying to like, well, maybe it's it's these guys that 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 can't hit a deadline. And I was quick to remind everybody at the, that at the time, the only two guys doing monthly work outside of Image United, and yes, this matters to me, is myself and Eric Larson. We were hitting our marks. We were having books that shipped out regularly from uh, Marvel and or Image, but uh, the rest of the guys, uh, whether their lives got busier or their priorities changed, or they had new books to launch that required more of their, um, th- their attention, uh, the Image United production chain slowed. And if one of them is absolutely not going to interact, and, and I was told by one of the, no, two of the partners that Todd needed to limit his contributions because Todd mostly inks digitally. And one of the problems he was facing was that the boards were all actual practical 11 by 17 boards and Todd had moved so much of his operations into inking digitally. And so by asking him to ink with a quill and a pen, which was now given his advanced skill set digitally, because again, at one of the uh, uh, events he showed us personally, he took out his giant tablet, his, I think it's a Wacom tablet. And he had a big giant supersized one and he connected it to his laptop and he showed us how he was inking different pencilers on spawn. And he showed us the quickness with which he could do it, the correction applications. And so the, the the idea that some of this had to be inked on the actual boards was more of a challenge for him and was limiting his interaction given that it was taking longer. And as I said a minute ago, more archaic, because when you produce the pages on the 11 by 17 paper, as I know myself and Eric Larson still do, look, man, it's daunting. It's daunting. Uh, your inks, your ink runs dry. You got to refill. Uh, you don't like that line. You get white out. You, you, you know, filling up a blank page top left to bottom, right is quite a chore. And if you haven't done it and you don't, um, and you've moved beyond it in regards to that's not how you approach things anymore. It's hard to want to go back 
and, and, and ride a bike when you're, you know, driving a Ferrari. And I think some of that played into this decision. Now, what you don't know is Image United number four exists. It was laid out by Eric and much of it was uh, drawn and, uh, and, and contributed to. Every one of us has some of those pages in our drawers, has uh, Valentino pencils and Mark Silvestri pencils and Eric Larson inks and Rob Liefeld inks and Wills Portacio inks on them and, 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 and gestures and, uh, and spots for Todd McFarlane. We each have these pages. They're all scattered amongst us. And whatever happened and the decision to downturn uh, the book and the enthusiasm had left certain man, uh, members just completely stalled uh, the, the, the train on the tracks. And over the years, it has been extremely challenging. Some of the characters, especially my characters, uh, are not under my control anymore, and I cannot contribute to them in the same way that, that, that I could. But if you don't think I've already figured out a solution for that, there is one page necessary that those characters have been attacked, subdued, disappeared, and what is already down on paper, I would rework as the characters of Bloodstrike, Brigade, Berserkers, fell in the blank, all of the other catalog characters that I still have 100% access to all the time. This kind of thing is the stuff that I juggle in my head all the time. Both Eric Larson and I have entertained the idea of just finishing it between the two of us since it was Eric's idea to begin with, and I have no problem rolling up my sleeves and, uh, and contributing. But here's the deal. As we focus on what wasn't done, I think what's been lost in the, in the giant picture is what I just uh, shared with you, and I didn't even crack issue three and share that with you, but is the idea that six of the most popular, most uh, acclaimed, most celebrated artists of an age managed to get together for 60 pages, and more than that when you combine all of the covers that we did, uh, and, and connect and make art and have characters standing next to each other and, and giant close-ups of faces and, and uh, you know, talking heads talking to each other, dynamic landscapes, tremendous action, literally, uh, that, that, that the type of action that you will just drink up if, if, if you are interacting with this book for the very first time. Super splashy, uh, giant layouts and designs, the kind that, that, that really were signature to each and every one of the image guys. The fact that this exists, again, somebody on my whatnot live stream was like, hey, could you get those Image Uniteds? And I was like, well, I'll be happy to. And the next thing you know, I'm cracking them going, what did we do? And I don't mean that in the bad way. I mean, what were we able to achieve? How is this even possible that we pulled this off to begin with? And so what I believe is lost, and again, this, this is now, I mean, we are 14 years beyond this, okay? Uh, you could have gone through high school three times and, and, and working on your, your fourth cycle. Uh, but to look at these pages and see them and, and, and uh, really celebrate the fact that they existed at all, that we were able to pull this off, that they were so beautifully colored by Nicholas um, and uh, Nikos, excuse me, by Nikos. And, and again, you can see as the issue, by, by issue two, by, by, so, so there's issue one, you know, you've got your, 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 uh, your art, and the art is all done by Larson, Liefeld, McFarlane, Portacio, Silvestri, Valentino. By issue t- two, and this is where the craziness comes in, you can already see that there is Eric Basildua, 
is an anchor. Rick Basildua is an anchor. Sheldon Mitchell is an anchor. Joe Weems is an anchor. Chance Wolf is an anchor. We've we've now expanded only in two issues, the art chores. And so the third issue follows suit. And so we were adding more and more hands and with more and more hands. So you add that many more anchors. And presumably that was between the stuff that Mark was doing, the stuff that Jim was doing. But now that's more hands that have to go to FedEx. So it's now gone beyond six artists. And now it's 10, it's 11 artists. It becomes 12 artists. And that's not counting all the scans that go to the color artist. But be that as it may, the work that we did, the three issues of Image United, even though it is an incomplete work, it is an incomplete work at this time, and it will be an incomplete work likely six months from now. But it is a staggering, it is, it is a staggering achievement. Image United is a staggering achievement, a staggering artistic achievement given the coordination, as Eric says in that original editorial where he says, this, looks, this sounds like a logistical nightmare and the amount of FedEx boxes. But what you need to know is Image United number four exists. It was fully laid out and mostly penciled and partially inked. And I do believe that in the years to come, we can figure it out and we can get this to you and we can somehow make certain that in the end, you have a completed version of that story. And perhaps uh, the, 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 the guy that has the young blood and supreme, uh, you know, basically thumbs up, thumbs down, the control of those characters, that he will comply and, 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 and allow that the reprints be possible. Maybe no new work generated, but that the original vision from one, uh, two, and three can be combined as we look to finish this. Comics are crazy. And the fact that as you listen to this podcast, you can be making comics uh, yourself on the dining room table, on the floor of your office, or as I did, uh, as, as I look at many of these pages, I constructed so many of them and, and Marat Michaels of, uh, of Brigade and, and, uh, and Blindside, uh, and, and, uh, mostly, uh, most recently of his Do You Poo, uh, uh, line of products that he puts out from his Crosspoint comics. You've seen Marat out there. Uh, he started out as my assistant, as my, as my partner in crime, my buddy, before I gave him the penciling assignment for Brigade Number One and locked in kind of a lifetime of, of, of collaborations. He was there with me when I would get these pages and for many years when I would draw at the local Starbucks. There was three Starbucks in this area and Murad again was there riding shotgun with me. And I, I mean, I can look at these pages and, and, and remember exactly where I was sitting, what I was drinking in each specific Starbucks at each specific table. And if you want to know sometimes why artists draw at coffee shops, it's because of the isolation of our work. Truly, I believe the psychology, I can speak for myself here. The, the isolation of the work, doing the drawing alone, sitting and creating and creating lines on paper that are, that are stories and storytelling and, and gestures that, became fully, that become fully rendered figures. It is a very lonely job. And we really can't watch fresh television material because we'd be looking up and not looking down. And if we're not, you know, maybe watching something in reruns and by watching, I mean listening to because I'm looking at the board, but I'm listening to something that's already existed. And I've covered this with you guys many times, old cop shows, old cowboy shows that I'm familiar with that I really know in my mind's eye what's going on. I'm just, I'm just being distracted. I need those other voices. I certainly cannot and have never really drawn in silence. Now with the age of podcasts, 
I listen to all manner of different podcasts while I draw, just like so many of you have told me you listen to podcasts um, uh, while, while you do your work. Well, prior to the podcast boom, you know, a great place to go would be a Starbucks, a coffee shop, a coffee bean, a mom and pop coffee shop, of which I tried all of them before they were all um, sadly put out of business by the giant corporations. A uh, Pete's Coffee is is here nearby. I've gone there. I did uh, pages of Major X at Pete's Coffee. That was probably my last foray into a into a into a coffee shop. But so many of Image United was done in, in at a Starbucks. And again, the reason for drawing in the coffee shop is there's an environment around you. There's people chattering. In the off moment that you look up from your drawing, you see people, you study people, you see people in sofa chairs next to you at desks looking at their screen, you see different people come in and out. Maybe occasionally there'll be somebody you know and you can have a five minute chat with them. It is a way to semi be uh, uh, social and amongst people and not be lonely and not be alone while you draw. So that is my psychology of why I did a coffee shop for so long. Now, I've just become so locked down and disciplined in my in my work and getting my work done that driving to a coffee shop would I just go that would take me five minutes each way ten minutes whatever I need those I need that time here at the board here so don't get the keys don't start the car don't pack up don't go there so this period though these Image United pages pages from one from two from three were for me drawn and especially inked at Starbucks with so much great enthusiasm and, and, and Marat would be looking through the different pencil pages that I wasn't inking at times as I would get five to six pages a time. Again, they would be when we, when we do a master layout book, again, the Silvestri pages immediately go to him. Whoever had the primary figure work would go to them first. So especially uh, the, the uh, 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 primary foreground figure, you know, there's the last page of Image United number one, uh, Wilson's character fortress is sitting in a cell and and shaft is approaching him i did the layout the giant figure i sent it to wills wills would be doing fortress while i was doing more of the youngblood centric pages during the battle with overkill when i'm done with those and those are shipping out to todd mcfarland to finish inking overkill the package would arrive with the wills potassio fortress cell pages from issues one and two for me to immediately jump into from eric's point of view anything that was heavy with the dragon especially after he started laying out the book on issue two, he would keep himself and, and, and do, those, do those dragons while he would send to us the heavier Youngblood pages or in the case, as I said, the vertical panels that had all of our characters. Um, I'm sorry, the, yeah, the vertical panels uh, where all of our characters were fighting each other. He would then, you know, just round robin it. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter if it goes to Mark or me first, if Bloodstrike is firing on a, on a, um, on a, uh, top cow villain below it doesn't matter who goes first they're, they're, they're both taking up equal amounts of space so it was incredible how everything was divvied up um uh, of course the the heavy shadow hawk pages of which there are three in the first issue went directly to jim valentino for him to lay pencils down when he was done with that they came to come to me and as again as i'm um sending out some of my young blood pages that I've done with Savage Dragon. Now I'm receiving Jim Valentino's and I immediately went to inking those, scanning those and sending those out. The, the turnaround on these first three issues was amazing because our enthusiasm was high. But just like with everything, life changes, time passes, people change, interests change, enthusiasm wanes and Image United. I, there's just no real good reason why it slowed down other than it takes somebody to just say, I'm not contributing i don't have time to finish this anymore and immediately 
you get a 20 car, or in this case, a six car pileup because everybody else kind of wiped out. There is no assignment of blame. What I have shared with you today is how things happen to me in real time when I would say, when am I going to get these other pages from this? And are, is issue five being laid out? Hey, we have an issue. Um, these guys are looking to not contribute anymore and are reevaluating if this is a good use of their time, which fair enough, that's their call. Do I believe we can again finish this? I told you five minutes ago, I, I do. Is it going to be in the next six months? No. Do I hold out hope? I do. And I think all it takes is somebody to maybe uh, put together another run of pages, finish a bunch of ba- a batch, send them in and go, hey, I'm engaged. Maybe it's just me and Eric. That's kind of what it feels like it would be. I don't know. I can't say for certain. What I do know for certain is that Image United issues one, two, and three, as unfinished as they are, as I've already said, are phenomenal artistic achievements. A cohesion that has never been done before, not on this scale, not with this manner of sharing panels and pages and inks. And again, it's cool when, when Todd would grab a page and put an extra polish on it. I've, I've always told you, and I maintain this, Todd's inking line is one of the most distinct aspects of his entire style. And when you think about how very unique Todd's style is, for me to tell you that his inking is, is perhaps the most unique of all of his stylistic offerings, I really believe that. He just has a, such a compelling, interesting line it's very organic. It is, uh, there, is, there is nothing predictable about it. it, it his approach and the way he inks and, and embellishes and renders is, is, is different and, and unique. Each and every page, each and every approach, face, figure, environment, monster, hero, whatever. So it's nice when he would get a chance to polish something off and, and, and to tighten the page up and unite it. Because again, on that giant double pager where over at Kill, they're all fighting him. He did go in and add uh, some additional inks to Shaft, to Die Hard, who are already penciled and inked on the page. He would do inks on top of inks, which is interesting. And again, the splash pages, the opening five pages of Image United are so fun because it, because it is all six guys working together right, after, right off the bat. We just completely you know, grab your attention with that opening five pages and show you this is Rob, Todd, Wills, Eric Larson, Mark, and Jim working together on each and every page in each and every panel, and it is electric. So Image United, it did unite us. It achieved the dream that that Eric Larson had in that lobby that he shared with all of us that we all managed to rally around for at least um, a a vision of 60-plus pages. If you can get your hands on these and you can check them out and you can pour over them, it would be, I think, to your own personal delight. They are wonderful. Having not revisited these books in maybe the better part of a decade, I was so blown away by the energy, the enthusiasm, the artistry, and I encourage you to do the same. Image United, uh, I love that people ask for it, that people continue to seek it out, and the product itself, the covers with their heavy, kind of almost a rubber coating is is worth the price of admission. The covers and connecting them, the, connecting them all is just fantastic. And again, my contributions on these covers, again, uh, in another, in, in we're done in a in, in a Starbucks. This is kind of like the Starbucks period of art for me. And again, um, Marat Michaels was sitting there watching all of it as it happened. So, Image United, an artistic experience, commitment, experiment like no other, and you should absolutely check it out. It was so great walking walking through these pages again with you guys today. As Long-time listeners know at the end of each and every episode, I share with you guys 
the wonderful reviews and and uh, and and ratings that you leave for the show, which are so important. I say it each and every time because it has been told to me each and every time. These help us stand out on the platform. They 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 are um, a gift to us that you give us whenever you uh, type out a review and send it in, and it is such uh, such a an absolute pleasure to read your reviews. Um, some you know are longer than others. Today's is brief. But it is no less effective and uplifting. And again, each and every one of you that that hit those keyboards and 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 type out a review for us and share your enthusiasm, it it is so appreciated and it helps our standing and our outreach as we continue to build this show. I, I appreciate you so much. This is from Simi. It's many, 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 many eyes. S I I I I I. M-E, via Apple Podcasts in Ireland. I love the international aspect of the show. Simi gives us five stars. Thank you so much. The, the, the title of his, uh, or Simi's review is incredibly entertaining and insightful. It says, Rob is like your enthusiastic comic book friend for weekly discussions on all things comic books, except with actual knowledge and experience. Pure dissent. So not sure what pure descent means, but I, it, it sounds fun to me. It sounds cool. So thank you so much. I do, you know, it's my favorite topic. I love talking comics. I love talking it with all of you. Thank you for letting me share this um, podcast with you. And Simi, thank you for reviews and reviews like these. Again, when you leave them for me on any of the different platforms, um, I find them, they are sent to me, and I read them at the end of each and every show. You guys can catch me all across social media. I am on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. We are in the post um, legit blue check era. Um, I knew mine was fading and it is gone now, but I am still at Robert Liefeld. And the only reason I say that is I just want you to know that it is uniquely me. That is me at Robert Liefeld, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. I love interacting with you. I love reading your messages, your comments. Um, I just love discussing all things comics and pop culture and sports. It's NBA basketball season. I'm trying not to be as salty as I've been in the past, but join me, at, reach out to me. I love seeing you and, and visiting with you on Twitter at Robert Liefeld on Instagram. It is my photo dump of my life. Sometimes as my kids say it, it's cringe worthy. Yes. My cringe worthy Instagram account is at Rob Liefeld. I got the actual Rob Liefeld moniker, R-O-B-L-I-E-F-E-L-D. That has a blue check that tells you, um, that I am the real deal, that I am um, who I say I am. So look for me, Rob Liefeld on Instagram. I, I share with you where I'm going, where I've been, my family, my friends, my drawings, what I'm eating. Uh, again, a cringeworthy account to say the least. And I would love to have you join me on Instagram. There is an app called Whatnot. It is the leading uh, retail online live stream app. And you should grab it and you should follow me, Rob Liefeld on Whatnot uh, twice a week. Generally, Wednesday and sometime in the weekends, Fridays or Saturdays, I hop on for a couple hours. It is me talking to you live. It is some many, many say it's like an extension, a little saltier extension of this very podcast. But I am sharing with you signed exclusive variant comics, toys, Funko Pops, and original artwork. We have several whatnot variants that we've done a Spider Man whatnot variant. We've done a Deadpool New Mutants whatnot variant. We did a Brigade. Whatnot variant, and there are Deadpool, Batter Blood, whatnot variants coming, and Stash Loot variants that you are not gonna want to miss. It's gonna blow your mind. I had such a good time doing these, but it is a it is a great time to get comic books past, 
and 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 present because sometimes we dig stuff out from the 80s and the 90s and we share that with you as well. Um, uncut trading card sheets. I mean, the show has gotten really fun as we have digged uh, deeper into our uh, storage units to to get stuff that people like. Because again, I really respond to the stuff that you guys request. Image United was requested on that show and led us into today's topic. Follow me on whatnot. Get ready for my live stream shows. I would love to see you there. If you follow me, you'll get notifications when my when my um, shows go live, whether it's on Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. It'll tell you where I'm going to be and let you know where you can find me. And I hope to see you there. If you're not getting stuff from me, it is um, a great place for Pokemon cards, for um, Yu-Gi-Oh, for sports cards, for um, modern comics, bronze comics, old comics, uh, sports gear, kicks shoes i mean it, there's everything you can want under the sun and what on whatnot so download it follow rob life and i will hope to see you soon i have a dedicated facebook group on facebook it's called rob Liefeld marvel extreme and beyond we continue to add so many of you each, each and every day rob Liefeld marvel extreme and beyond where these conversations can continue long form multiple posts people sharing their art their comics uh, we have art contests on the regular in that group, I would love to see you at my Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond group. Either myself or a gentleman named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, will click you through. We're the administrators. That's how you know you're in the right place. Hope to see you, Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond, over on Facebook right now. If you want your comics signed by me, as many of you have ever requested, and the fact that I am not on the convention circuit, I am not out there in the public, I haven't for a year, I'm not doing any conventions uh, for the remainder of this year and so far none into 2024, I would love for you to take part in the CGC private in-house signing that I'm doing at the end of the summer. If you go to the CGC website and you look up Rob Liefeld in the news section and the announcement of my CGC private in-house signing, you'll get all the different menu options, many of which are sold out, but the basic one, the basic one where you want to send me one of your key books and get it signed and there's an, op- and there's a, there's an opportunity to get a unique Liefeld label that we're doing only for this private in-house signing. You need to sign up and get your book in now. The Deadpool hype is going to explode in just a few weeks. Deadpool 3 set photos will be out. You'll be like, what? Why didn't I go and get these comics and get them prepared earlier? You're going to run out of time. June to July is going to go fast. We are right in May here. Get on this. Send these books in for me to sign. Um, This is the biggest request I have received from so many of you for so many years. And I am doing my first I think I failed to mention this is my first private in-house signing with CGC and I could not be more excited to participate in it. So get your books in, go to the CGC website and figure that out and get that in. You guys, thank you again for listening to the show, for sharing your enthusiasm for the show. At the end of each and every show, I wish you all the very best. I want your emotional health, your mental health, your physical health, uh, and, and your, your, your mental, your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual health to be strong. I am rooting for you at, at all times. And, and, and you know I'm going to go there. You got you to gotta, you gotta unplug, see a great movie, read a great graphic novel, a comic book, and do it with some great food. Pasta, Mexican food, tacos, and, and, you know, enchiladas, uh, uh, nachos, hamburgers, fries, whatever is your pleasure. Have that cheat meal. Get, 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 have an emotional cheat meal, a spiritual cheat meal. Just, just unplug from the grind of the day. Make that time, isolate that time, interact with art and food, and I promise you, you will most certainly feel better. 
maybe you can't do it in the manner that I do it with a chocolate shake and a Twinkie, okay? Maybe that's a bad diet move, okay? But boy, sometimes, I'm not saying every day, I'm not saying every hour. I'm saying just on weekends, in your downtime, separate from the grind, get that special hour or, or whatever you can carve out to enjoy the arts and to bring sensory pleasures that will distract you from all the craziness that's going on around you. I am pulling for you. I am rooting for you. I am your fan. Thank you for interacting with me. Please do not miss the opportunity to swing back by here because I'm going to be right here and we most certainly, absolutely, inevitably will talk again real soon.